brain, being in the brain so much doesn't necessarily help because yes, our brains, our human brains are, have evolved to be so amazing. They are problem solvers, etc. But to the fault where it's like, I'm gonna keep going until I find the solution. But the solution is not in the head. You can't think yourself out of it. You actually have to allow and give time for the body to reset to the baseline of the central nervous system. It's the parasympathetic response of the central nervous system that is our rest and recover. And that's when the immune system can work well, that's when we can sleep well, that's when the feelings of panic and anxiety are either like gone or are extremely lowered because our body is returning back to that sense of safety. This is the Better Achiever Sessions, a podcast with stories and ideas on burnout prevention for overachievers and perfectionists. I am Carol Nutersteiner, founder of The Better Achiever, writer, two times burned out, and currently learning how to shift from doing more to doing better. In this show, I share some key learnings of my own process, and I talk to people from all parts of the world who have something to say about the epidemic that has become burnout. You will hear from researchers, artists, therapists, and more as we talk about burnout with honesty, hope, and, who knows, even some sense of humor. Fun fact! Did you know that ASICS, the sports brand, has its name from a Latin expression? ASICS is an acronym for Anima Sana in Sano, which means something in the lines of healthy soul in a healthy body. A similar expression, also from Latin, mens sana in sano, healthy mind in a healthy body, has been used for centuries in a way of expressing the deep, undeniable influence of our minds in our bodies and the other way around. One could expect we'd be all over it and totally aware of this by now in 2019, but here we are, sitting all day, eating junk food, overworking. You know the picture. But more than not taking care of our bodies and minds, we often fail even paying attention to them, listening to how they feel and what they need. We're increasingly valuing intellectual work over manual work and paying more and more attention to mental health, which is great in so many levels. However, if we keep looking at ourselves only from the neck up and trying to heal ourselves from the neck up, something will be constantly missing. In this episode, I have an eye-opening conversation with Charlene Rimsha, a New York-based psychotherapist, founder of Everyday Coherence, and creator of the program Say Goodbye to Burnout. She helps ambitious and creative professionals overcome burnout without sacrificing their relationships, paycheck, or freedom. Through formal training in psychotherapy and mindfulness modalities, and having healed from burnout herself, Charlene brings a holistic, evidence-based approach to the burnout recovery. She is an advocate of how fundamental it is to engage with our full bodies to live healthier, more productive lives. The invisible feedback loop between mind and body is real. If we're taking good care of our mind, our bodies will follow and work well. If we're taking good care of our bodies, then our minds will do the same and get better. The opposite is also true. When we're sitting all day, our brain takes a toll. When we avoid our emotions, our bodies become tight and fragile towards pains, inflammations and infections. I hope that listening to Charlene nudges you towards being more connected to your whole body and that you're able to relax, recover, and do whatever you want to do a bit better than before. Now, 
I've talked more than enough. Time for the show. Welcome to the Better Achiever session, Charlene. How are you? Hi, Carol. Great to be here. Yes, I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm very happy to have you here. Before we, we dive in, uh, and you can make this as a, a large or a small answer as you feel like, uh, who is Charlene Rimshaw? <laughs> oh, wow. Let's see. Let's, uh, who knows? It'll either be large or small or somewhere in between, right? So let's yeah. see. My name is Charlene Rimshaw, but that's not certainly who I am. Um, I have a strong spiritual practice, so I also believe that I'm a spiritual being here having a human experience. And some of the things that I love to do as a human is I'm an artist, so I paint and um, do a whole bunch of creative expression, love being outdoors and just living in my body, biking, mountain biking, walking around, singing, dancing, hanging out with friends, um, really just enjoying and being open to, to life is really, uh, is really who I am. Nice. That's a very good answer. I like that. <laughs> so uh, tell me something fantastic that has happened to you recently. Ooh, let's see. I think just the weather itself has been so absolutely fantastic. And I live about a block and a half away from Central Park in Manhattan in New York City, which I personally just feel blessed to, you know, even live there. Um, yeah. And so yesterday I took a break from work for about an hour and a half and just went and laid on a big slab of rock and allowed the sun to just completely come in and penetrate my whole being. And that just felt like complete magic and was really such a wonderful, fulfilling uh, recent experience. I, I can definitely feel that. And whoever is listening or watching, try this at home. <laughs> It's definitely worth it. It's amazing. It's really good. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Super important. Yes. And even even if the, you don't have the sun, just sort of like laying your body out, right? Surrendering to the moment and being open and, and seeing what happens is always, in my opinion, a worthwhile experience. Amen. Yeah, it really is. So tell me, how did you discover and how and when did you discover uh, your mission, what is it, and how are you pursuing your mission now? Yeah, so it's interesting. My mission continues to evolve as, as I evolve and grow as a person, as a healer, and you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but ultimately, my mission really is about sharing joy, right? Finding and continuing to find my joy that bubbles up and comes out of me, right? And being able to share that with other people. And so, thank you. And so certainly us as humans, right? Um, we're not always joyful and it can be difficult to recognize that, that aspect, especially when we're in pretty like hard places, right? Such as burnout, such as anxiety, such as depression and all of that kind of stuff. Um, the positive aspect of that is that that can be that um, opening that space to start from. Right? Like if we're living pretty good and we're pretty happy, there doesn't always tend to be that impetus for change, right? Mm -hmm. But there's times, right, when the pain becomes so bad that it's that opportunity for us to go, okay, 
what what else can I do, right? Yeah. And then that's yeah. when that push and that change and that desire really happens. So that's, that's really where I work from is working with people that are ready to make change because they've reached kind of, not rock bottom per se, right? But have reached a point in their lives where they realize, I wanna feel better. There's more to life than this, right? And, um, and yeah, and so in our modern society, burnout is such one of the largest pains that is occurring, that it's such an opportunity and an avenue for people to really find their, their own sense of joy, their own sense of wellness. Um, everybody has their own definition of wellness, but I think that joy <laughs> for many people is, is, a pretty, is a pretty great area to strive to. Yeah, yeah. So in, in which ways are you pursuing this mission now and, and how are you, and how does it feel to do that? I feel so. All right, I already have a yeah. gas, but yeah, let, let, yeah. Me, let well, me hear feels, from you. <laughs> it does, it feels fantastic, but of course it's not like every moment is joyous, right? Because um, yeah. life doesn't always completely work like that. And especially as a business owner, right? It's like, it's taking the steps and growing the business and learning and making mistakes and getting back on that horse, so to speak, right? And, and in a way, practicing what I teach in order to not fall back into burnout as a small business owner helping people, you know, recover from burnout. Because how can I be helpful if I'm burnt out too, right? Um, so let's see. So yeah, so in November, I decided to start my own business. Or no, actually, actually, it was a little bit earlier than that. But basically, I started my business officially at the end of September 2018 called Everyday Coherence. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's called Everyday Coherence, the idea of coherency of communication of body and mind, creating that clear channel so the body and the mind can communicate with each other. And I'm sure we'll get into it more, more later about the importance of, of, of body and mind connection. But I believe deeply in that uh, based on my formal training as a clinical social worker and the research that I've done on mind-body wellness and also just my own personal experience of being very centered and learning how to communicate um, more deeply with my body and allowing my mind to, to listen to my body. Um, actually creates clarity of, of thinking. So that's where the idea of everyday coherence came from. Um, and the name showed up to me about a year earlier. So, you know, just like with many things, it's a process of, of moving forward and, and that type of a thing. Um, and initially, I actually was um, working with clients doing anxiety, depression, stress, kind of like a, a broader range. And then I started to realize that most of my clients actually had very specifically um, were burnt out. And so it was sort of my clients led me. Thank you clients, I, you know, it's like people, I, you know, we learn from, from everybody, right? I might be yeah. the expert in certain aspects and techniques and ideas, but everybody is their own expert in their own lives, right? So I'm always learning from my clients on how to best um, serve them. And so, yeah, they were coming to me with burnout and I went, okay, this, this is where I am to work right now, right? So, um, so yeah, basically I ended up creating based on, um, again, past formal experience um, of my studies in my master's degree and my own personal experience and working with people in clinical psychotherapy practice. 
and I decided to create not only my own business, but created a program that is, um, that's immersive. So what I mean by that is it's six weeks, it's brief, it's six weeks. We meet a couple times a week via Zoom online and, I, and every day they're doing um, different practices that are related to that week's teaching. So it's very much an experiential experience because, and again, I'm probably getting ahead of myself and we'll talk about this later, right? But burnout is not just a in your head kind of a thing, right? And we could talk and talk and talk about all the ways that burnout sucks, right? Or how it's <laughs> impacting your life in all of these painful and difficult ways. But really, it's about learning how to shift and experience a new way of being in our bodies and in our minds and carrying that out into our lives, into the workplace, into our relationships with loved ones. That's where the real change happens. And so that's where my program very much is about really experiencing that shift of healing to what wellness for them feels like and how it fits into their everyday. Mm -hmm. And so what is your story with, with burnout? Tell me a little bit about it. Sure, sure. Yeah. So my story, I'll, I can tell you about my story about burnout, but I feel like I want to back up a little bit and tell you just my story about, say, my mental, my mental health and my wellness journey. Um, Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Let's do this. Wonderful. <laughs> So in my late teens, early 20s, I was definitely feeling just like lost as a human being, felt really despondent, kind of hopeless, not really understanding what it was to be a human on this planet kind of a thing. And that found me in a state of like mild to moderate depression. And so that was really the start of my wellness journey again like i was saying earlier oftentimes if we're doing okay then there's no real impetus to change right but i had gotten to the point with my depression that i was like okay i need to make a change either i'm going to resign to the idea of life is a chore like doing dishes every day for the rest of my life or or i'm going to or I'm, I'm gonna change that. And I didn't really know what that change looked like, I just knew that I was determined to find it. So through that process, um, I certainly found an amazing and wonderful therapist. By that time I was living out in, in California, so I found a therapist that was amazing. Um, and was doing, started doing yoga, which got me into my body and was understanding that, oh, I don't have to be in my head all the time thinking all these unhelpful thoughts, right? About how, you know, negative self-talk about my own self-worth or thinking back to childhood memories that were painful that then were showing up and having me feel worse and worse and worse about, you know, my day my day to day now, that I was able to kind of drop out of that and more into my body. So that was sort of the start of recognizing how the body helps to heal. And then, uh, and then I moved up to the mountains to go to ski. So I actually skied for about 10 years every winter skiing, um, and then every summer downhill mountain biking. So again, not even fully realizing that I was on this path of body-based wellness, I spent practically every day very fully immersed in my body. So in that process, I started to find my joy. I was like, oh. Wow, right? Like the fulfillment of life, what it really means to me, right? What success means to me, because it's a very, you know, success is, is certainly a personal, uh, a personal definition. And so in that process, I recognized, oh, I'm finding, 
you know, my own mental wellness. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'd like to share that with others, right? And not necessarily tell them how to get well, because that's not my job, but to help them to facilitate their change. So I decided to go on to graduate school and get my, my social work degree. And during that time, I was studying the science of mind-body wellness, and specifically, I was I was working with clients um, who had experienced trauma. So I was I was reading books such as we spoke about this earlier, the Bessel van der Kolk book, The Body Keeps the Score, and how trauma and chronic stress is held in the body on the cellular level. And when I read that, it was like I had this visceral response of aha. So. Very interesting as far as that goes. And then, interestingly enough, and I believe this is, you know, just how things go sometimes because we, we need to be on our own, our own healing path to, to be the best healers we can be, so to speak. Um, my intensity of studying, I love learning. I'm also extremely good to a fault at spending hours and hours and hours of time focused on one thing to the point where I can like forget to do other stuff. And, and what I mean by that is particularly, and this is where like, like the burnout stuff started to happen to me in graduate school actually, because I would spend 12 hours sitting in front of the computer to research and write a paper or whatever it was. Forgetting to, you know, stretch, forgetting to rest, forgetting to drink water. You know, the only time I'd get up was like if I had to go to the bathroom and maybe even then I waited until <laughs> yeah. yeah. I absolutely had to go. And then like scarfing down some food while I was still working kind of a thing. And so I definitely started to get exhausted, um, you know, physically and emotionally. Everything started to just get harder and harder. And, um, and my brain started to get very confused. It wasn't working as well as it was before. And so that's when I was, I did a, I looked into it and, and, and was like, what's going on, right? I mean, yes, I'm studying mind, body, wellness, trauma, for trauma, stress, et cetera. And then I realized um, through a bit of, it didn't even take that long to realize, to do a little bit of an internet search and realize, oh, you are burning out, girl, because you are just high achieving. You are just going for it. You are being the best student and learning the most. Oh, right? So... <laughs> That's when I started to make sure that I really prioritized, um, you know, rest. And, you know, it definitely took some time to, to integrate that in, but made sure to eat healthier foods, drinking water. And I actually, I started going to um, restorative yoga classes. So are, are, you're probably familiar with restorative yoga. Yes. It's, it's, it used to be my favorite. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. It, it still basically is for me. And I, yes, guess I'll, yes, yes. I guess I'll mention guess for I'll your, um, for the listeners here, um, yeah. for what restorative yoga is. So basically restorative yoga is near the opposite of like hot yoga, vinyasa yoga, where you're like moving and sweating and going. Restorative yoga is all about surrendering <laughs> and relaxation. So um, the, the yoga instructor, and actually I do, I put a little bit of this in, definitely put this into um, my program as well, is the, the yoga instructor will, will have you lay out props, like such as pillows or whatever it is, and then you lay your body down on top of those. So you go into a certain posture that's very healing 
and opening for whatever it is, like maybe it's a heart opener, maybe it helps open the hips, whatever it is. And then you just lay down <laughs> and, do, and do nothing yeah. during that, say, 10 minutes or so per, per posture, allowing for that letting. I feel good just to think about it. <laughs> That's the amazing thing. Yes, our bodies and minds, we don't even have to fully be in that restorative when we remember what it's like to relax. The chemicals and everything go through our bodies and go, oh yeah, yeah I'm feeling relaxed. So yeah, I went to I was I ended up going to about five restorative yoga classes a week for the rest of my time in graduate school to make sure to really um, to really honor that and and get over burnout and to make sure that it didn't come back and remember to really prioritize myself and rest and all of that all that kind of stuff. And so what, what did you feel when you were burned out? You said that you, that you obviously were exhausted and your brain was, was foggy and you were not. And, and was there any other symptoms or uh, it was more the exhaustion? So I think one of the biggest, there was a lot of yeah, exhaustion and then kind of like brain, you know, fog and confusion and yeah. inability to think. But I think what was, what was most out of character for me was... It was like I had this quick fuse that I just wanted, I'd get annoyed easily and then want to like lash out, which yeah. is absolutely the near opposite of my temperament and my natural demeanor. So it was very shocking and that was one of the, the biggest kind of wake up calls for me, you know? And that's where I noticed too where my joy was just like gone, you know? like. When you're, say, not burnt out and when you're in more of a joyous mood, then the little things don't necessarily bother you, you know? Like, if I was, like, say, example, like, I was remember back in when I was, like, in the kitchen and I knocked over, like, a glass with water in it. Normally, I would have been like, oh, okay, glass of water. Or I might have even, like, kind of giggled because I'm just kind of like a giggler or whatever. And then, like, picked it up, cleaned it up or whatever. But when I was burnt out, Immediately I got annoyed, I was frustrated, I was almost blaming myself like I'm such a jerk or an idiot for fumbling and knocking it over. Uh -huh. that, it was, uh -huh. that it was just this big deal, right, that obviously wasn't, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, yeah. But just little stuff like that would, would happen and it made things even more difficult, right, especially because it's the brain telling me I'm stupid or I'm dumb or I knocked this thing over and it's so clumsy. That's you know one example, and then another one is you know being on the subway, and um, and yeah, just feeling like this bubbling up of frustration and 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 upset, and not even knowing what's going on, and kind of like just getting annoyed at the person sitting next to me that I didn't know for absolutely no reason. Yes, I relate to that so much. <laughs> That's exactly. Isn't that wild? Ever it seems like everyone is against you, like. Why are you here? Can't you take your space? Leave me alone. Person who's just sitting next to me reading a book has nothing to do with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, all, we're all doing our own thing. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was, that would I say the biggest like disruption. I mean, yes, the exhaustion, absolutely. And like the, the, you know, the foggy thinking or whatever. But that was the most for me, uh, one of the biggest wake up call pieces. Again, because that's so out of character for me as well, you know? Like some people are naturally a little more like anxious or, you know, 
get frustrated a little easier, like, you know, just different temperaments. But that was not my temperament at all. And then to find myself in that space almost all the time, it was very uh, unsettling to say the least. Yeah. And how did it feel when you, when you realized it was burnout? How, how was it for you to, to accept that you had that and you had to do something about it? Well, in a way, it was like a bit of a relief because I was like, ah, okay, you know, like, I got it. It's, it's something. And I'm not the only one, you know, facing this. I mean, you know, I was in social work school, so I, I kind of, in, at least intellectually, knew that, like, you know, I probably wasn't the only one dealing with this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But it can be one thing to know it intellectually or in a book or, you know, studying it, and it can be a whole other thing when you as a human are going through your own crap, right? So, so yeah, so it was very much like I was my own patient in a way. Yeah. <laughs> going, oh, okay. So there was definitely some relief there. And then that's when I really went, oh, okay, well, I can take my studies, well, my, my former knowledge of knowing how to just get into, be in my body from yoga, from past therapy, you know, from skiing, all that kind of stuff, as well as what I'm learning in school on my research And, and really apply it to me. And so that's when I, in some ways, that's when the creation of this, um, of this program that I'm, that I'm teaching now, in some ways started. I was sort of the guinea, the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And what, what did you learn about yourself with this whole uh, thing? Oh my goodness. I feel like so many things, right? Because I'm just someone that I feel like is always learning and always, you know, taking away stuff, either like small nuanced stuff or major, major, major stuff. Um, but it definitely showed me that I'm, and reminded me that I'm, you know, stronger than I sometimes give myself credit for. And it just really re-grounded me into my deep knowing that the body really is the source and the space of healing. Granted, I also, like I said, I have a very spiritual um, yeah. you know, aspect and I believe that our bodies and our energy is very much our direct connection to the healing powers of the universe and God and spirit and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but certainly going you know, going into and being, and being a participant in burnout <laughs> and in the recovery <laughs> process just really allowed me to have that deeper understanding and knowing of that healing process and trusting that my body is the source of healing or the conduit of healing, right? That I can return to my body as a sense of safety. And that that's where, because in our chaotic world, and just in, I think humans, you know, for us in general, right, we're like, we're a human being spinning on this planet called Earth and like this solar system. And, you know, so inherently on some level, especially because our brains are wired for safety, that we want to make meaning and create some sense of safety, right? And oftentimes it's easy enough to seek safety outside safety of friends, safety of activities, safety of, and when we're younger, our parents, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And there's a time and a place for all that, but the safety, when we can return to our own bodies and feel and find that safety from within, then we are literally at home, safe in our bodies, 
anywhere. And so to me, that was one of the hugest, hugest takeaways, right? Where it's like, okay, I can do anything in life because I have that sense of self and sense of security by being at home in my body. Yeah, yeah. And so speaking of which, so tell me more about your view on our connection with mind and body and what do you think which I agree that we are a lot too much in our own heads and how important it is and why it is important that we have this awareness of the body and we have this connection. Yeah, let's see. I feel like I could go in, in so many different directions and, and expansions, <laughs> expansions on that. Um, so why don't I start with where um, specifically how, how burnout tends to, um, to manifest and, and kind of show up. So. Burnout really is a like a physiological response to chronic stress um, that really sets our central nervous system up in a way where we're kind of constantly always on, right? So in like scientific or whatever terms, they call it hypervigilance, where we're always where it lifts up that sense of heightened awareness, like we need to be always on alert and looking for the predator. Again, getting back to our evolution, right? So that was set as our safety mechanism, but with chronic stress in today's modern and busy society and hyper-productivity, hyper-connectivity, really leads to that sense of, of when's the next shoe gonna drop type of a thing. And that's a fair amount of what people with burnout experience, right? Kind of like, when is that next shoe gonna drop? Or when am I gonna drop that shoe that I'm juggling with my 20 other shoes? Okay, I'm going on a, a, a weird metaphor, but you get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> and so it sets the body up. It sets the, on the cellular level, on, you know, on the systems level, central nervous system, immune system, everything's heightened to where you're not able to rest. And that's a lot of where you know, that sense of like, I don't know how to rest anymore, or I don't have time to rest, all of that kind of stuff. You feel like that because your body is not set up at that moment and that time to actually be able to do it because the new baseline of your body is on high alert all the time. And that, because the body and the mind are sending messages back and forth to each other, it reinforces that. And what I mean by that is the body's telling the brain, nope, we can't rest, we're not resting, we're not safe, it's not safe enough to rest. And the brain is continuously telling the body, you're right, you're right, we don't have time to rest. You know, I need to just go, 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 right? Stop. Don't yeah. stop. And then that seems like that's the only way that we can, can do it. Because if the body can't, if the body's not resting and the brain's like, we need to figure this out, we need to go, because our brains are very much meaning-making machines, and they're like, we're going to figure this problem out. <laughs> so that's where the brain, being in the brain so much, doesn't necessarily help, because yes, our brains, our human brains are, have evolved to be so amazing, right? They are problem solvers, etc. But to the fault where it's like, I'm going to keep going until I find the solution. But the solution is not in the head. You can't think yourself out of it. You actually have to allow and give time for the body to reset to the baseline of the central nervous system. It's the parasympathetic 
response of the central nervous system that is our rest and recover. And that's when the immune system can work well, that's when we can sleep well, that's when the feelings of panic and anxiety are either like gone or are extremely lowered because our body is returning back to that sense of safety. And yeah. so making sure to settle into the body, right, get it reset, and then making sure not to spend too much time in the head because it's very easy. If we forget to reset our central nervous system and take breaks and relax and get ourselves back to that baseline, then our thoughts are just gonna rev us back up again and have us back in burnout mode, go, 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 go mode. Because certainly our, yeah, our brains want to optimize and, and, and produce and all that kind of stuff. And so our bodies are extremely wise <laughs> and they're like, yo, <laughs> yo brain. <laughs> hey. Yes, we are humans, we are animals, we need to rest just as much as as going so so yeah our brains can really take off and take over and um and you know for for centuries now i think you know ever since what day how do you say it day day descartes oh my gosh i'm totally botching it but the one that said i think therefore i am right yeah yeah I think probably since then, I'm not a historian, so I'm half making this up, but at some point, right, it was like our intellect took premises, right? And we see it even these days where where art classes and physical education classes and all that kind of stuff is even being taken, at least in the U.S. and and perhaps in, in probably in other countries as well, that all of those are kind of seen as extracurricular in our in our school systems. So they're being taken out and more math and yeah. science and all of that stuff is being added. So it's just this continual perpetuated um, belief that's this social belief that from the neck up is yeah. our value, is our success, right? And the neck down is the problem. And yeah, the neck, the yeah. neck down is just sort of that problem or at, at minimum it's neutral I was actually speaking with a woman the other day and she said, yeah, until two years ago when she started to get little injuries here and there in her body, until then, it took till then for her to realize that her body isn't just this vehicle that, that transports her head around and her, and her mind. And I see, that, I see that a lot, yeah, that people, you know, that the body's kind of, yeah, just that nuisance thing or that thing that gets me aches and pains or that thing that I need to take to the gym, so, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's seen more as a nuisance, right? Than, than actually being, and then the head's like, you know, the brain's like, yeah, that thing's a nuisance. But, oh brain, you silly thinker, yo. Nope. The body is actually the wise one in this equation. The brain is all like, I'm the boss. I'm the good one. And it's a, it's a, an egg and a chicken situation because you're too much in your head and then your brain keeps telling you go 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 and then your body starts showing up the symptoms with the lower immune system and the pains and and the tensions and everything and on the other hand the body is the answer and if you start with and if you get enough rest to the body then your your brain works better so 
it's 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 like there's a competition when it should be a corporation I love what you said absolutely exactly it, it's not a competition ideally right and as soon as we can is we can intellectually and in our bodies recognize that that it's not a competition that it's like a cooperation then the whole system works nearly seamlessly right like that's kind of one of the amazing and awesome things and we've you know you and I have spoken about this before right where it's like the it's a it's actually a win-win if we can shift our mindset and start making some small changes that actually burnout recovery is ultimately a win-win because we get more effective at work we can actually produce more and better, better exactly and maybe even you know well yes in the process give ourselves a little bit of slack and not feel that same pressure to produce but still be able to produce just as much and with you know and be more effective and better results and all that kind of stuff when we can actually listen to our bodies honor rest and find that balance and that cooperation between body and mind hello there carol here this is a quick halfway intermission for you to catch your breath even better Today, I'll have Charlene guiding a super quick body connection exercise. Ready? Here we go. Let's get right to it. Focusing at your neck. Inhale. And exhale through your mouth. Closed lips. Slowly exhaling, allowing the air, the attention, the energy to drape down over your entire body. Do it one more time. Inhale. And slowly exhaling through your lips, allowing it to drape over your entire body. So do that a few more times if you will. Feel free to comment below. How's your body doing? Feels good, right? Also, are you enjoying the podcast? I really hope you are, and it would make my day if you could let me know. You can take a screenshot and share it with the hashtag TheBetterAchiever, tagging at TheBetterAchiever on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Third, an important reminder. The Better Achiever does not intend to, and never will replace, proper healthcare. We're here to share stories and help each other, but this won't be enough if you're really physically or mentally ill. Burnout syndrome is a health issue, and if you suspect it might be happening to you, talk to your doctor or psychotherapist about it. Now, let's get you back to the show. Yeah, and uh, tell me, I've we've talked uh, before, and you already explained to me how is your program, and I think that it would be really good if you could describe it, the, the points, because they are all things that we should be thinking and feeling and experiencing and having considering for preventing or for recovering from burnout. Yes, absolutely. So you would you like me to kind of go through a little bit of like my six week program? Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. What are the yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I integrate it in a way that helps us to first off start to really get into into our bodies because it's quite possible that there's people here listening going, okay, be more in your body. What the heck are you talking about, girl? Yes. <laughs> so, and, and for many people, it's, you know, it's, it's a rather foreign experience. And I definitely under, understand that, that I'm sort of speaking a different language than a fair amount of people. So, a big piece of burnout and just um, 
you know, stress, et cetera, as well, is, is the muscle tension, how we hold tension in our bodies on the muscular, you know, level of our bodies. So the first week is very much about learning how, becoming aware of how we posture ourselves and hold our bodies. And then I give them different breathing techniques and awareness techniques to be able to start to actually release um, the muscle tension. So it's, it's much more of like, it's a process of moving from tension and constriction to expansion. The whole, the whole program is, it goes from constriction, right? Because burnout, like, you know, it's like the tiredness, the tightness to more of the expansion um, aspect of it. So the first week is, is very much about muscle tension. The next week we go into emotions um, and learning how to really process the emotions well because with burnout again and with many many ailments but particularly burnout is this way where our emotions really get either they get stuck and stagnated um, and we tend as humans to have two ways to deal with emotions and totally get it right in our society we're not really taught like ever how to process them right so the two main ways are to avoid you know, push them away or you know drink or distraction on our phone or whatever it is just I'm starting to feel icky and even if you don't even realize you're starting to feel icky you're still grabbing that phone you're still going to avoid before you even acknowledge that the emotion is there right the other way that we deal with it so not surprising that we avoid is that it becomes so enmeshed in who we are that that's when like severe depression anxiety different stuff comes in where our emotions feel like our identity and so for most people they toggle between the two, right? Like avoid, avoid, avoid until they can't avoid and then it and then it becomes, you know, part of their being and then they push it away again. So it makes sense that us as humans, again going back to that survivalist human piece, we don't like pain. Pain means death, right? So so it's yeah, push, push, push. And so I teach people what I call, you know, more or less like the middle road is learning how to allow the emotions to come in and then be able to move through them in a way that doesn't totally freak you out. And that's very body-based because actually the emotions show up in the body first and then it registers in the brain as a physical sensation and the brain tells a story about what the emotion is, what it means, what do I want to do with it, I want to get rid of it, holy crap, right? But being able to stay more in the body allows us to learn how to tolerate difficult emotions and then be able to move through them, which then of course allows us to tolerate the wonderful emotions. And so it just makes us more open to whatever, whatever comes up. So that's week two. Week three, we work, we work together with um, the brain and the thoughts, identifying unhelpful thought processes, old beliefs that keep us stuck, right? A lot of the subliminal subconscious type of stuff that we learned from when we were, before we could even talk, pre-verbal, of course leads up to where we are right now and finding out and realizing what what thoughts and beliefs um, tend to keep us stuck and keep us in the cycle of burnout um, and then I offer them we, we have different techniques to help to get rid of the unnecessary um, beliefs and and thoughts and all of that kind of stuff and then let's see and then the next week we delve into we start delving into like personal values like what does what's what's important to me what matters because certainly burnout and and for, for many people whether they're burnt out or not our values if we don't look at them are oftentimes social values or values that we learned from somebody else or 
values that we decide to keep because it's it's just easier to do than mm -hmm. than you know step step up to our own you know self kind of a thing, right? So it's like that courageous recognition of no, what's actually really important to me. So um, and then starting to be able to create some boundaries around that, you know, with people and relationships and boundaries, setting boundaries for yourself of okay, I'm prioritizing what's important to me and how can I how can I make sure that that I add that into my life without it seeming like I'm adding on more onto my plate of chaos that is, you know, burnout kind of a thing, right? So learning how to let go of some stuff that, that no longer is necessary and, and maybe adding a few things um, that includes a self-care aspect of it because self-care is huge and to me self-care is much more about self-love, self-compassion than about making sure to, you know, get that facial or get that massage, right? It, it goes back more to the values, <laughs> right? I mean, I love, I love all that yes. stuff. Love massages, love yeah, facials. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, weekly, it's, here it's we go. Not, yeah. it's, but if we're doing it's what it, under, it's what's underneath that yes, that matters. Exactly, if we're doing it to say avoid pain or just literally put a mask on, a facial mask on to mask that pain, that's, yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't ultimately help and it can have people feeling kind of like helpless and hopeless. Like, oh man, I did this for myself and I still feel like crap, right? But as you were this saying, thing yes. doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Delving, delving in deeper. And then really learning how to use the energetic body as well. So I think that's like the next week or whatever. Um, really, really tapping that much more into your body. So you've got like the muscular, learning and understanding how the emotions are manifest in the body and how to work with that. And that is also kind of an energetic piece. Um, and then working with the, the mind and then the values and self-care. And through that, they're, they're gaining that much more of an understanding of their bodies along with the energetic flow of the body, right? Whether, whether you believe in spirituality or not, science, quantum physics, whatever angle you want to take it at, we are electrically charged vibrational beings. And so I help them to um, really tap into that vibrational aspect and move the energy through the body and around, and that's where a lot of the really wonderful healing happens as well. So, and then at the end of that six weeks, then um, it's very much that sets them up and kind of creates like a, like a success plan to move from there. So my clients, they're, by that time, they've reset their central nervous system down to a baseline that we were talking about, right? And learning and creating daily tools that don't even take that long, five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, or a couple of spots throughout the day that end up becoming your new normal because we're habitual, we're, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit. And so once we can create something yeah. of habit, then, oh, that's just our new normal, right? And so the new normal can be the baseline of the central nervous system, right? Of being in the parasympathetic and then going into the, the, the sympathetic when we need to and take action, but being able to return it back down to baseline and um, having just a new way of being able to respond to your emotions as they float, they come in, they leave on a daily basis because we are emotional beings and thank goodness we're emotional beings and we're not robots. <laughs> it's like the yes. best in life, right? And, and learning how to work with the thoughts and the unhelpful thoughts that come in and out kind of a thing. So it's mm -hmm. really is a burnout recovery program, but then certainly it's set up to be also a, uh, prevent, a relapse prevention 
right? So they're then moving forward from there with these really important, in my opinion, life skills that help us to not just prevent or prevent relapse of burnout, but in my opinion, professionally and personally, and um, it's their life skills to help you to really enhance your life, to build deeper connections with people, to build deeper connection with yourself, to be able to show up more for yourself first so you can show up more for other people and to life. Yes, I think a lot of us um, overachievers, high achievers are afraid that are afraid of thinking of relaxing because we have this this belief that if we relax and, and if we value taking care of ourselves, we're going we're not going to accomplish anything because it's either, you know, you're either going full throttle or you're stationary. You're not moving anywhere. And understanding that there is something in between that's not avoiding and it's not being overwhelmed with it. And it's actually the way of going and doing things that are actually meaningful and that will make life worth living after all. That's huge, right? <laughs> yes, it is huge. And absolutely, right. And it's a very understandable kind of like mindset and way of, and way of thinking, right? It's like, I just need to keep going. If I don't keep going, then then I'm lazy or selfish and boy, do I not want to be either of those, right? And that's only, fortunately, that's only one way of looking at something, right? And only one way of experiencing it. And when we are go, 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 like achieving, 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 producing, 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 and we do actually say stop and slow down, then yeah, we're exhausted and only want to lay in bed for the next week because you know, so it's reiterating the body and the mind is communicating at that point. It's reinforcing its idea that yes, there's two, there's two modes. It's either go, go, go or total lack of motivation. And when you stay in and I don't, cycle, I don't, and I don't even know when that happens. Mm -hmm. So, which is the worst thing that it, it, it's out of my control. So I'm going to have a lot of compromise that I've done. And then I cannot do any of that because I'm totally, you know, done and sick. And, and it's, it's extremely counterproductive and painful. But um, you, you mentioned in the end of the, the program that you build this, uh, this like, you set them up for, for success and you build this new normal on where habits are super important. So what is your day like and what are the practices that you have for yourself that keep you aligned and that keep you connected? Mm, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's see. Whew, I feel like my whole day is a practice, which is kind of which is kind of fun and and lovely. Um, I do feel fortunate that my that my my and I guess I set it up this way anyway. But I do feel fortunate that the more that I practice mental wellness, the better I am at my my job. So fortunately, I have I have a situation where it's you know very much a win win win, and it doesn't mean that people that work in tech industry or whatever can't also create their own win win win. But for me, it works out quite lovely because I get to practice it all day. So let's see. I wake up. I make sure to always give myself um, at least eight hours of sleep. I'm in bed at 10:30 at night, and then my alarm goes off at 6:30 in the morning. And then um, these days, well, I started a couple months ago, which I absolutely love, is I do, um, I listen to a recording of, um, from a hypnotherapist that I worked with, 
related to t breaking any mindset barriers or anything like that. So I listen to that for about a half hour and then wake up from that, start my, <laughs> I love coffee. Yes, love coffee. So um, go and start my coffee. And then I do about an uh, about a half hour of reading um, just for myself. And it's it, in and of itself, it's kind of its own meditation. And then after that, I do a uh, 20 minutes of meditation. So very mindful intention. These days I consider it basically like a conversation with the universe, conversation with God is, is basically what I do for those, for those 20 minutes. Um, and, then, and then after that, when I'm making my breakfast, I'm still kind of in that same meditation mode. And, uh, and actually backing up for a moment, the meditation when I'm, the 20 minute meditation is very body based. I do a lot of focus, and this is what I teach a lot of my clients really, is much of the meditation is very body and energetic based. And so again, like I was saying, my, my spiritual belief, and to be part of my program, you absolutely don't have to have a spiritual belief in this, but that, that's the connection, the energetic connection through my body is to, to universe and, and spirit. So then I carry that over into other areas of, of my life, like cooking breakfast. When I'm cooking breakfast, I'm still in that meditation mode, still feeling the energy in my body. And that's oftentimes when different inspirations and creative inspirations come to me and I might write something down or make a voice note or whatever it is. Um, and then I start my, and then after that, start my day and get in front of the computer and it's so interesting for me is the computer definitely, I guess it's not that interesting because I feel like most of us can feel this way, right? That it's like immediately, if I'm not paying attention, I can go into tension mode. My computer, my shoulders are up and I'm just like in my computer and it's like everything that I did earlier and like, you know, you know, a body awareness and God presence have gone out the window because I'm staring at this like <laughs> electronic box. Yeah. Right? So yes. now I definitely make sure that I take like mini breaks um, while I'm on my computer. And also what I enjoy doing is incorporating, like allowing myself to feel my body, feel the energy while I'm on my computer. It doesn't have to be separate and it doesn't have to feel like multitasking because it's just my energetic body is kind of just like hanging out with me kind of a thing. So um, back, that actually backs up a little bit to where the idea for my, my company, my business name, Everyday Coherence came in because of the idea of being able to bring the coherency of body and mind, not just into, yes, into your everyday, right? Into your, practice it every day, but also so it becomes your habit, your everyday habit. So being able to really incorporate body, mind into pretty much everything you do, but it allows, becomes the new habit that you're not even having to work hard at. So yeah. that's part of my practice is while I'm doing and while I'm, you know, like reaching out or, you know, on doing social media stuff, all of those kind of business things, I make sure to check to either take rest and or check in and just notice that my body is still with me. Even when I'm neck up, my body is still with me. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, and then, you know, and other, and other work stuff and work 
work things vary from day to day if I'm meeting with clients or if I'm if I'm teaching you know that night on zoom or something like that but then the other piece to the practice is always making sure that I do an evening um, meditation right before I go to bed and set myself up for just for relaxation and also clearing my mind of anything that had happened that day so I spend about 20 minutes doing an evening meditation before I before I settle into bed. I'm gonna write everything down. <laughs> Amazing, yeah, and and it's it's really you have these practices that are outside of your routine in a way, but they become your routine. But they're not. They're things you do before work or after work or something. And if you do them intentionally enough, and if you do them deeply enough, they start incorporating in everything that you do. In very subtle ways and that's that's actually the value of it and i think this is one of the one of the things that we often get mistaken by the self-care thing is that we think that we, we tend to think that meditation is on the service of those 10 20 minutes of meditation and the the purpose of the meditation is to put you in a practice of the thing that's going to follow you for the entire day and not, you know, now I'm off meditation. I'm going to all social media and do everything as I just used to do 10 minutes ago. And that's, and and hearing you say that your whole day is a practice and you, you bring it, you have a moment dedicated to that, but you bring it throughout all your activities. It's, it's really, it's really good to hear that. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I love how I loved hearing your, your input on that and recognizing, right, that it's easy to compartmentalize right? And it's yeah. easy to go, okay, for this 10 minutes, I'm going to meditate. And then I'm going to go, you know, and whatever it is. And that's part of the piece of like checking off boxes, right? And how burnout can, can feel like never ending checking off of boxes, wanting to feel alive, wanting those experiences. But then everything in life starts to just feel a little dull and, you know, like I'm just checking off boxes all day, even if I'm checking off a box of spend time in the park with a friend, right? If we get in that go, <laughs> yeah, go, go, yeah. compartmentalize aspect, right, which can happen and it's very, again, it's very human because our brains are like, we want to make sense of it. We don't want to just be flowing yeah. through the day. <laughs> we want structure, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, so by learning how to... And, and well, choosing to. I mean, not everybody's gonna gonna wanna you know join me on everyday coherence. I mean, I welcome everyone that's interested <laughs> to join me. Um, and some people may still want to just compartmentalize. Totally fine. But there definitely is that way where we don't have to compartmentalize. We can include that meditative, that feeling of of wellness and body-based energy and clarity of thinking into everything that we do. It's not just a compartmentalized practice as you were saying with self-care. Okay, did that. Now get on to the now I'm going to go and do my stressful life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to open Instagram with all the things that I hated and made me feel miserable. Um, what what do you think that we're still not getting about burnout on how it happens on or what, what it happens and what we that we're still missing? on the comprehension that we have as a, as a society on, on burnout? Hmm, that's a great question. Hmm, I feel like I could think about that for a while and get back to you, but I think if I'm gonna give an answer right now, I think it's kind of what we were talking about earlier with that, 
the mindset piece of productivity and, and optimization, like there's no other choice. We just need to keep going because in our society, everything is getting faster, more automated, more convenient, um, in a way that human, we as humans really can't keep up. Yet, we're all trying to keep up. And everybody's keeping up with the other person that's keeping up, right? And in, in companies and industries, especially in tech companies or whatever, is they're growing so fast and there's so much pressure, systemic pressure on, on every, every level of, of management trickling down that everybody's feeling the stress and the pressure and the need to produce, 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 go, 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 that yeah, it's almost like there's no time to even recognize that this is like slowly killing me and, and or that there's even another way. So I just think it's, yeah. So I think that that's the biggest piece is to be aware that um, that this is not sustainable, you know, that the continuously producing, produce, go, 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 keeping up, keeping up, keeping up is first off not sustainable on systemic levels and cultural levels, on, per, you know, on individual levels. And good news is that although it's not even, that it's not ultimately sustainable and leads to burnout and that most of us ha are, running on fumes and most of us are at least mildly burnt out because we very much do live in that burnout culture that if we just make a are willing to take that courageous step because it does take courage to like change and do something different to be willing to shift a little bit shift our habits a little bit listen to our bot learn to listen to our bodies honor rest value rest as much as we do productivity then we can actually like we were saying earlier be very effective. Be great at our jobs. Yeah. Keep up with what we're doing, right? But be doing it in a way that's actually sustainable. So I'd say that's my <laughs> that's my biggest message yeah. right now. And and that's that's already that already connects with the uh, with with the the ending of do you ha if you have a, a final piece of advice or a message that you already started you you already got started with with saying something but you have do you have something to say before we we finish to our listeners and watchers yeah gosh let's see i it does kind of tie into what i was saying right there but i think um what i want to offer is that to me life is a joyful experience and or it can be a joyful experience. And when we're burnt out, it's like, what the hell does joy even feel like anyways, right? So I know, and that's another tricky aspect of being burnt out, is having that motivation to change when you don't even remember what it feels like to feel good. So if there's an inkling that, oh yeah, I don't feel good, I do want joy. I want, I want the people that are listening to remember that even if you don't feel it right now, you have it inside of you. You have joy just waiting to come back up inside of you. You've had it before. Your central nervous system remembers that you have it. You just need to remember and find it. And you find it through allowing your body to take the lead more so than your head and allowing that, that communication to, 
to happen. So learning to really, yes, value rest just as much as productivity and aligning your emotions, your thoughts, and your choice and behaviors to align with your new priorities of valuing rest as much as productivity. And I also feel like I always, when I, when I mention that to people, I wanna make clear that I'm not saying that you have to rest, it's, it's not a time thing where you have to rest just as much as you're producing per se, but if you value both of them, if you're able to shift, yeah. if you're able to shift and value both of them equally, then however that works for you and you're able to manage the rest and the productivity in a way that becomes suitable and sustaining for you and for your own health. Amen. <laughs> Before uh, we finish, uh, I want to, I, I normally say a couple of words of acknowledgement because I I'm always talking to people who are doing and who are also in this mission of eradicating burnout or, or you know, being advocates of, 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 of bringing awareness of that and, and showing people that there's another way of doing things that the ones we're being taught and, you know, uh, and I want to acknowledge you now for the amazing work that you're doing and the healing that you're sharing with everyone for the way that you combine the body and the mind and all the aspects of our experience, of our human experience, understanding that all of it is important and the joy that you do it with and how incredible it is. And it's we've talked already a couple of times and it's always a very joyful experience. Um, I love talking to you and I hope we get to talk more and more and more. And you also, we also have the thing that we love using vibrant colors. And I think it's so amazing to have people like you talking about that and helping heal people, showing that there is joy and, and also making us think about how we should be connecting more with our bodies, which is something that not everyone and I would say almost nobody is talking about and this is extremely important and valued valuable so thank you for that and thank you for uh, being here today mm, Carol thank you so much I just really appreciate everything you were saying like vibrations of like joy and appreciation and gratitude for you were just shooting through my body as I was listening so thank you so much for acknowledging the work that I do and appreciating the work that I do and I also want to really acknowledge what you're doing as well, having the, you know, the podcast and really getting the amplifying the voices of folks that are working with burnout, burnout recovery, and really amplifying that and making sure that, um, that, it's, that, it's, a, that it's recognized globally. Because you're in Brazil right now, but you're normally in, you're based out of yeah. Norway. And so it's wonderful that we, you know, and of course, as I was saying, I'm in New York City. So it's just wonderful to really be able to connect on this global level. And I really appreciate what you do. And, um, and yeah, it's, an, it's really been an honor uh, being on your podcast. And I look forward to more discussion with you and, and more chances and opportunity to really get the, the healing word out there. Lovely. Thank you so much. Now, what a great chat. If you want to learn more about Charlene and follow her work, you can visit everydaycoherence.com or connect with her via Facebook or Instagram, also at Everyday Coherence. 
If you loved the exercise halfway through this episode in the intermission, you can find Everyday Coherence on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, and check out her Be In Your Body one-minute video series. Ever since I talked to Charlene for the first time, even before this interview, I started paying attention to my mind-body relationship, and I couldn't shake the idea of how essential engaging with my full body is for my mental health. Since then, I've taken walks, practiced yoga and dancing more often, and started doing some comedy improvisation classes that are available here in Holland, in Eindhoven, kind of close to where I live. While improv can't be considered exercise, quote-unquote, there is a lot of body language and body work involved, plus the practice of letting go of our asshole judgment and just go say something and go with the flow. If you're a perfectionist, I'd strongly recommend giving something like improv a shot. It is therapeutic in many levels. And speaking of mental health benefits of exercise, someone I really admire that talks about his mental health every now and again is the writer John Green. You might know his name from the very famous The Fault in Our Stars, which is a bestseller that became a movie a couple of years ago. On his latest book, Turtles All the Way Down, he tells the story of a girl that suffers from OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. John himself has OCD, and he said a number of times in his YouTube channel or podcast how he considers running and hiking vital for his mental health and for coping with OCD. Besides his beautiful books, which I love, John also has a number of online projects like YouTube channels, podcasts, and he has his own podcast called The Anthropocene Reviewed, where he reviews different facets of the human-centered planet on a five-star scale. Every month or so, he talks about the most ordinary things like Tetris, teddy bears, Taco Bell, and other things that don't start with a T was just a coincidence of the things that I could remember from his previous episodes. And he talks about these ordinary things in the most extraordinary ways with brilliant, heartbreaking essays. One of his latest episodes on air conditioning and sycamore trees, he narrates his experience with depression in such a touching and human and relatable way while ending in a hopeful note. I'll leave the link in the show notes and you can go listen to it straight away. Now, it's time to say goodbye for today. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share, click on the arrow, bell, torch, circle, square, whatever thing the kids are doing for social media by the time you get to the podcast. It really matters to know that this is of some value to you and it helps the pod get recommended to others by those forking algorithms. If you want to suggest a topic or a guest or just say hi, you can email me at carol at thebetterachiever.com. That's carol, C-A-R-O-L at thebetterachiever.com. You can find me at The Better Achiever on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. For more about burnout prevention for overachievers and perfectionists, creativity, and better ways to view how we work, you can visit thebetterachiever.com. Links in the thingy. The theme song is by Josh Woodward from the Free Music Archive. I hope to see you around again next time. Remember, instead of doing more, set your heart on doing better. And have some fun! Thanks for listening. Enjoy your day.